Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio, a student-operated non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in anytime to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to Keep the Ball Rolling, presented by Tommy Media. On today's show, we talk The Last Dance, Episodes 7 and 8, the future of Tommy women's basketball as we bring on Coach Ruth Sin, and our hopes for sports to resume at the end of the summer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode and finale of Season 5 of Keep the Ball Rolling. I'm Mia Lowey. And I'm Joey Swanson. It's our last episode together. So sad, but wow, it's been a good ride. I've had a lot of fun talking, talking sports with you and having some interesting guests on this semester. Yeah, for sure. Um, today, we're going to bring on Coach Sin. Um, Talk a lot of basketball today. Talking about the last dance, episodes seven and eight. Yeah, uh, seven and eight. What those were? Those were some cool episodes. I mean, let's just start with seven. I mean, very emotional to start with Michael Jordan's father and his murder. That was very crazy. I didn't really even realize how that happened. I wasn't around for that era, but I should, still should have known kind of what happened, but crazy story there and how that motivated Michael and the decisions he made after his father's death. Yeah, a couple very heavy episodes. And um, obviously, Michael's father played a role in his decision to go to baseball, which obviously um, he didn't necessarily make it all the way to um, major league but he did kind of skip a step when he started with the White Sox double A team because the rookie teams just couldn't handle the amount of media in their stadiums that needed to cover Jordan I guess. Yeah it was crazy watching all the media come to like a double A game. I mean he played he played baseball in high school and everything but he took he took a good like 15 16 years off and coming back he really wasn't that bad and his dad even said that he thought he was going to be a professional baseball player when he was little so that was kind of cool to have him be at the top of one league and then get eager and anxious to start a new path and become something at something else yeah, and I know um, typically a lot of basketball and baseball is tough because, um, I mean, at least where I uh, grew up in Iowa, baseball is a summer sport, not a spring sport. And I know I think it is a spring sport up here in Minnesota, but summer is for AAU. And obviously that's not 
really looking like it's going to fully happen this summer, but I know that's tough on athletes. So it's, it's crazy for him to make the jump from that sport. And I think a lot of it had to do with his work ethic. He was just like in the cage super early in the morning. Um, somehow over 200 at bat. Yeah, that's a pretty good average because those double A pitchers are not throwing meat down the middle. It's, it's tough pitches. And once I started throwing him the junk and giving him curve balls, breaking balls, he, he struggled, but that didn't, that didn't let him down and he persevered and worked at it. And they said that if he would have kept at baseball, that he would have been a pro in the coming years. And I believe it because he's one of the best. I think um, one thing that made me really sad actually watching um, the documentary was how harsh the media was on him. And I know, um, I know they have to be fair in their coverage just because it's Michael Jordan doesn't mean you can hype him up more, but it almost seemed like some of the articles had, had opinion in them more like tearing him down a little bit. And I don't know, it was kind of sad just because of um, how much it had to do with his dad for him and how hard he did work. Yeah. Throughout the film, the media was all over Michael and, he took that pretty well, to be honest. He he knew that this was how everything was and he, he couldn't do anything about it. But he definitely was affected by how the media covered his baseball career because you were right. I mean, they didn't say the best things about him in the, the headlines that I was seeing. But No. Um, and then when he came back to basketball um, – no matter what level you're at, there's a certain type of um, intense training that, you know, builds up into basketball season. And just right away, I think one of the first things I said was, wow, he looks skinny. Like he, he was a big lifter guy because um, when he came into the league, he could get pushed around a little bit, but then he made it his mission. Like I don't even love lifting like the day before a game, but he was lifting on game days. Um, and that's, that's really amazing. But um, I don't remember who said this during the documentary, but there was a section where someone said this just in, Michael Jordan is human. And it's amazing that he can make shots at all, just coming back how he did. Yeah, I think it was the first game back or something. He started off 0 for 6. And then there was another game where he was pickpocketed pickpocketed at the end of the game and that's just totally not like Michael to do that you know it's he's usually crunch time make it happen but he lost the ball they went down and scored and then he had a chance to win the game ultimately but missed that it's a tough transition coming back from playing baseball too I mean his workout plans were totally different for baseball and he mentioned that he had to totally reevaluate his workout plan and I thought it was funny they on the documentary they were they were playing every night at the on set of the movie he was filming for Looney Tunes yeah they built him a whole workout and that's funny I really liked watching that um 
scene where they sh- or they were talking about the gym. I mean, obviously, it's Michael Jordan. I would say a lot of people out there would have done anything to get, you know, him to do that. And I, I mean, I think LeBron is supposed to make a like a remake of Space Jam or something, but I haven't seen when that's gonna go. But um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was one thing I liked also were some shots of a uh, punk kid Reggie Miller trying to prove himself against MJ, but you know, who knows? Michael wasn't in his full prime at that point. Um, so what did you think overall? I mean, we aren't going to talk about episodes nine and 10 due to uh, this specific podcast being pre-recorded, but um, overall, Joey, what have you thought of The Last Dance? I thought that The Last Dance was incredible. I mean, they they go back and forth in time periods, which makes it interesting because you're not stuck in one place for too long. And the interviews that I, they incorporated, they got like all of the voices that are nationally heard around the country in terms of basketball announcers and media coverage. But yeah, I loved it. And I would, I'm really looking forward to the next one, whether it's Kobe or LeBron or whoever. I think um, I liked hearing from David Stern and some of the sports writers. And I did like hearing kind of the slight snarky comments from MJ Scotty and um, Isaiah Thomas. I think one thing I would have liked is to have a little more, a little more of Jerry Krause's opinion in there just because they ripped on him so much. And obviously he was kind of a consistent, I don't want to say villain, but kind of just a bad guy the way they um, painted it. So I want to know what his motivations were, but um, who knows? I'm sure right now they'll keep coming out with different documentaries and things to show people without live sports. Um, What do you want to see a documentary on next from ESPN? Well, I thought it was super cool that they followed the Bulls team around for an entire year and they had that constant media coverage on them. And I'm not sure if they did it. I mean, there's so much media these days. And I would like to see a documentary about LeBron winning when he had Kyrie on his team in Cleveland when they beat the Golden State Warriors after being down 3-1. to one. I think that would be a super cool documentary, but obviously that's only one year. So if they could make that into a whole career for LeBron, that would be super cool and make somewhere near like 10 episodes like The Last Dance was. So what well, do you think? What are you hoping to see? They do a lot of those 30 for 30s. So I could see, and I mean, sometimes they do the 30 for 30s just on like a single event. So I could totally see that, um, that being a 30 for 30. Uh, I would also obviously um, like to see something about Kobe, but I'm sure that'll be in the works eventually just because of what a like cultural icon he was and how much he supported women's basketball too. Um, you know, I don't know. I think one thing, if ESPN has the means to do it with so many differing opinions, 
but I think it would be kind of cool if they uh, could finally rest who is the GOAT and at least, like, give people all of the stats, all of the videos, and just compare them side by side and be like, all right, this is, this is the greatest of all time documentary and make your own opinion now. <laughs> I don't know. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, the debate will forever go on. I don't think there's going to be a concrete answer ever, but yeah, like you said, just giving people the opportunity to pick side by side, I think would be super awesome. But for me right now, the only two vying for that position are LeBron and Michael. Well, I mean, I think people totally forget a lot of players in those um, those debates as well because you got Bill Russell, you got Kareem, you got Shaq, you got – I mean, there's just so many different guys. And then, I mean, Magic and Bird, nobody – everyone – it's almost like there's two categories. There's, like, the GOAT debate, and then there's almost, like, this whole side story of, like, Larry and Magic, but they're in there too. And um, Magic being just – as big of a point guard as he was. Um, And Larry being, I mean, when you think of white guys in the league, you think of um, guys sitting behind the three-point line, but Larry kind of made his own name in that way. Um, But anyways, we're going to be talking more about basketball when we bring on St. Thomas women's basketball coach Ruth Sin later. So we'll wrap it up. and. Head into segment two. Today we have St. Thomas head women's basketball coach, Ruth Sin with us. How are you today, coach? I'm doing good, Mia. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. What are you up to right now? Well, I've got a busy day full of, you know, now that we've gone to this virtual world, um, recruiting doesn't stop. And so I've got a couple of uh, visits that we've scheduled with a couple of parents. You know, now it's in-home visits where, you know, we can literally come from our home to their home. And then we're also later on this evening, we're going to recap um, one of our games from the Elite Eight two years ago, 2007, actually three years ago, 2017. And so we have um, All-American post player Caitlin Langer coming on, Lucia Renikoff, Paige Gurness, and Maddie Wilkow. We're going to kind of watch the game again and comment on it because I think that's what we're all missing is we're missing the excitements of sports. And so, you know, a lot of times when you get into those NCAA games, it's one game after the next after the next because you just have to keep preparing. And so we're going to just slow it down and really enjoy um, – what it was like to host an Elite Eight game, and then, you know, how it felt like to win that game and and go to the Final Four. So we've got a couple of our alumni that are coming in, and we're going to have a fun time. It's going to bring back all those memories, so it'll be pretty fun. I saw you did another um, live stream type thing like that um, a week or two ago. Are you going to continue to do those throughout the summer, or what's the plan for that? Yeah, the plan is that we're going to try to bring some of those alumni back and and do that. As I said, you know, I think everybody wants to enjoy live sports. And, um, you know, right now, from what I can see in live sports, um, we have uh, all-star wrestling down in Florida. And then we have have cornhole, (laughs) you know. And so, you know, we thought this would be a great time for us to connect as our Tommy community and kind of bring back those memories. Um, the last time we did the live stream, it was fantastic. Um, 
right away, Lucia and Kaylee, they're just like, oh, it just, it makes me go right back to how I felt in the moment and it brings back all those memories. So, I mean, what a great thing to celebrate the thing that connects us, especially at this time when, you know, we don't have that connection and, you know, and we're used to that. So this is going to give us an opportunity to be a little bit closer. Yeah. Speaking of watching those games from, what was it, 2007, have you been keeping up with the Michael Jordan documentary at all? Oh, there's no question about that. You know, I grew up at that time, you know, so uh, to me, like Mike was, um, I've got the, you know, I want to be like Mike in my head. And I've got even um, posters of, of Michael Jordan. So it's been fantastic watching that. That's kind of, I think, everybody's highlights on Sunday. It's like, okay, episode, you know, the last dance coming in and we're going to watch it. So, no, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, kind of going back and, and getting the inside of some of that. And, you know, especially from the coaches and teammates perspective and how you do cultivate a team and, you know, how do you cultivate a winning team? You know, this past week, it was really interesting when he was talking about success has a price and so does leadership. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, have you been talking about the documentary with your team? I know you guys are doing uh, team Zooms right now. What else are you guys up to? Well, we've kind of, um, again, as you've said, what we're trying to do is make sure that we're keeping connected, you know, e- remotely. And so every, um, we've constructed this called the waiting room, since we're all literally waiting. But in the waiting room, we're bringing in a different speaker that's coming to speak to us and talk to us about, you know, different um, professional ideas or, you know, just motivational speakers about telling their story and what they're learning. You know, one of the things we really embody in our women's basketball program is we want to grow our female athletes as full people. And so we have what's called an adopt-a-player program where I match up a former women's basketball player to a current women's basketball player. And then we meet, you know, three times throughout the year, and then they meet every, every month. Well, that's been put on hold. And so I still want to get those professional women out in front of our, our young ladies. So last yesterday, we had Maggie Bryant, um, who is the director of rehab for the L.A. Clippers in the NBA. And Maggie played for us. I think she graduated in 2012. Um, She played for us. And her story was amazing on how to take risks, how to go out of your comfort zone, be comfortable being uncomfortable, and and kind of reach. And because of it, you know, she's been with the Orlando Magic, and now she's with the L.A. Clippers. And it, it was a fantastic um, testimony to, you know, working hard, making sure that you're embodying team characteristics, and then really being an advocate for yourself and taking risks and challenges. So we, we've been trying to stay connected that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the team looking like for next year as far as, like, how many freshmen you're bringing in? Um are you going to be bringing in less freshmen just because of the possibility of like a division one roster? Um, and I know Kaya Porter will be back. Mm-hmm. Obviously she got to play, uh, I think four games as a junior because of injury and surgery. But um, as a sophomore, she played 32 games averaging 13 points. So um, what's that going to look like for you? 
Well, it, you know, the positive thing about this next year is that we've got everybody returning. As you just stated, not only do we have everybody returning, but we played without an All-American, a preseason All-American player in Kaya Porter. So, I mean, we finished the season at 21 and six. That is unbelievable when you take a look at the returning players that we had from that final four team. Kaya was the rock with that. She was the one that got the majority of the minutes. Otherwise, our All-American post, Hannah Spaulding graduated, Lucia Renikoff, honorable mention, All-American graduated, Kaylee Brazel graduated. So, I mean, for the team to do as well as they did it was fantastic. And so we're really looking forward to moving forward in that the experience we gained, but not only the experience that we gained, the cultural things that the young ladies learned. I mean, one of the things that in order to do and be as successful as we were this past year, you had to have really good character and people that are going to put the, the we before the me. And there was no question with that with this team. So we're very excited about the group we have coming back. As you stated, our freshman class, um, normally we're bringing in, you know, anywhere from seven to ten freshmen. We, we like to bring in bigger classes because we have a varsity junior varsity this past year, we, you know, we, we didn't feel comfortable bringing in a big class because we, we just don't know with the Division I um, transition. And so the young ladies that have chosen to come to St. Thomas, you know, they're, they're Tommies first. And so we have four young ladies that are coming to St. Thomas. Um, uh, all four of them had older, well, two of them have older brothers or sisters that are current Tommies. And so they know the value of a St. Thomas degree. So coach, you mentioned that Kaya Porter was obviously missing last season and other players had to step up. What did you like and see from your team last year? And what are you hoping that will continue into this season? You know, usually with a younger group, any, any sophomores or freshmen, you're, you're dealing a lot with confidence. And, and when you're dealing with confidence, you know, we always talk about confidence is, 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 it's not really confidence in me, it's in the process. And you gain confidence knowing that you've gone through situations and you've, you, you've succeeded. And so the neat thing about Bren Rolland and Maddie Shermer and Macy Haddlestead and, you know, all these young ladies, they've gotten some great confidence in that they've been in these wars they know what it's like they know what it feels like and they know that they can be successful and that's going to really help us take this next jump to that next step is because they really understand what the next level is and what they need to do to get up there now throw a pandemic in it and now it's not even that they know that that they're going to have to orchestrate their own training they're going to have to orchestrate their own motivation normally at a time like this we're together as a group and you know they've got structured in the weight room with our weight room coordinator Stu. they've got agility workouts on tuesdays thursdays you know they've got lots of resources that are available to them and so now they don't have those resources, so they really have to look inward and say, why am I doing what am I doing? And how do I get to that next level? Like, like you know, you commented with the last dance, you know, um, if I want to be 
the top, well then what's the price I have to pay and what do I need to do to put myself in that position? So we're really going to be able to see that motivation from them. Mm-hmm. Um, since obviously, um, the decision for division one has been pushed back right now, but, um, with the thought in your mind that division one is still a great possibility, what changes are you going to be making to your program, um, to prepare your athletes and to, um, kind of just segue into that era? You know, the interesting thing is um, we're not going to change. We're an elite Division three team, and we operate with a consistent, intentional purpose in that we're dedicated, we're committed. So, you know, you take a look and you think, okay, the hours right away are going to go up. I don't, I don't know if they're going to. I mean, obviously, we're going to get more hands-on coaching with the coaches outside of the season. Right now, we can't have hands-on coaching outside of the season. So we will get to do that. But I will tell you, my young ladies are dedicated, they're committed, and they have a goal of winning a national championship. And if you have that goal, you don't just pick the ball up in October. And so they're constantly probably – self-motivated to the point that they're organizing their their workout groups, they're organizing their open gyms, so they're doing skill development. So, you know, a lot of that's not going to change. The difference is just going to be there will be coaches there to really guide them and give them that next step, the next level. If you talk about the experience, we don't want to change at St. Thomas. We want to be a Division I institution that still puts people first. And that it's still about relationships and people. And, and too many times, I think, when you do go into scholarship, it becomes very transactional. And it's very product-based. And we're not going to change that way. We're still going to develop people and culture and the relationships. And we're still going to be committed to this phenomenal student-athlete experience here at St. Thomas. And I think that's one of the things that when we are recruiting, which I have recruiting calls coming up, the number one thing that we talk about is the reason you choose St. Thomas is the academic value and the opportunity that it's going to give you for the rest of your life, not just the next four years, but the next 40 years. And those things aren't going to change. I mean, obviously there's going to be tweaks and there's going to be adjustments, but our core principles and who we are and how we've operated, those are going to stay the same. In terms of your outlook, obviously, yeah, St. Thomas is a great institution and we have great athletics in the past, but now moving forward, we're going to be tested at the D1 level if we make that transition. What is it going to be like for you now saying that, oh, I'm a Division I coach? Did you, did you see this coming in your future, or what was that plan like? Were you planning on just sticking with D3 your whole career? You know, the, I, I don't know if it's, it, it's, it's like we talk when we recruit our athletes. It's not Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. The reason that we embody St. Thomas is because of the lifestyle. And it's because of the priorities and, and how what we value is in rhythm with what and how we want to live. And I, I think the interesting thing in the, in the neat opportunity here is that St. Thomas will be able to continue to do that at the D1 level. 
and, and I, every time I talk to our athletic director, Phil Esting, I am assured that our student athlete experience is not going to change. We still are going to be advocates for our, our full experience. We still want them to come away with a great experience and feeling that this athletic experience has added value to who they are. And so I, I, um, to answer your question, I don't think it, it is whether it's D1 or it's D3 because you have, see a lot of D1 programs that they're way off the mark with their priorities and their values and they've compromised who that is. I think we have the unique opportunity to move our philosophy and what we've done in Division Three to the Division One level. Now, obviously, we're going to have to recruit bigger, stronger, faster. But character is not going to change. The goal of the team and, and the institution, those things are not going to change. And so I, I think that I'm more comforted that St. Thomas embodies those things and we'll be able to make that change and make that jump to D1 with those ideals. Yeah, huge. But uh, do you think there are some uncertainties about our possible chances of NCAA approval throughout COVID-19? And what do you think the future holds for sports with this outbreak kind of shutting down our whole system? Yeah, you know, it is a, it is a crazy time. It's, it's unprecedented. I, I don't know how bringing sports back is going to look. They keep talking about there's going to be a new normal. And who knows what that new normal is going to be like. I don't know if it's testing or, you know, I, I still think we still have more questions than we have answers and we need to have more answers. But um, I think it might even work in our favor because what you're going to see with some of these institutions is they're going to need to go more regionally. And we really fit with the Summit League regionally. If you take a look at travel and you take a look at that, we really fit with that. And I know bringing the Metro school in. So we're really, you know, hopeful and, you know, feeling good about our opportunities to move into the Summit League, not only, you know, for St. Thomas, but for the Summit League, it, to really gain a boost having St. Thomas there as well. All right. Um, and just one more question. Do you, I know the team um, is or was supposed to take a trip to Italy in August. When do you think they'll know um, if that's going to happen or not? No, that's, um, unfortunately, that's something that we're going to have to sacrifice this year. So we're talking about, you know, possibly next summer we'll be able to do that. Normally, that's one of the things that we want to have our young ladies experience is an abroad experience. You know, a lot of our students at St. Thomas study abroad in J-term. Well, you can't study abroad in the middle of a women's basketball. That's, you know, the height of our season. And so every four years, we have taken the team abroad. And this was supposed to be the summer that um, we went abroad and we had kind of a Bavarian experience all planned out. But we're going to put that on hold. Um, we're going to look to see possibly the summer of 21. But as, as you said, Joey, it, it's really going to be dependent upon what the new normal is. You know, even this past um, summer, I was supposed to go with USA Basketball, and we were supposed to go into Romania. Now, they haven't canceled that, but I, I, I can't believe that we're going to be doing that through. And we're supposed to do that in the early part of August. So I think international play and, well, as we said, all play – it's gonna it's it's gonna have to change somehow, you know. And until there's a vaccine and there's a there's a remedy, it's gonna have to change somehow. And I don't know how that's gonna look. So yeah, we're putting that on hold right now. 
Well, we can definitely remain hopeful. Um, thank you for all of your insights about next year and the summer and taking the time to talk to us. Um, next, we will wrap up season five and talk about our hopes for the future of sports when COVID-19 slows down. Well, thank you very much. You guys are doing a great job, especially amidst you know, our finals and everything coming up. So I know the schedule is crazy, but thank you for connecting us all through this, this, this meeting. Yep, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad that Coach Sin could join us knowing her and her energy and excitement for the game. She's going stir crazy without a ball in her hands right now. And she spends a lot of time with players and talking with coaches and stuff. So this is diff difficult for her. But segmenting to segment three, what do we love about sports? Mia, what do you, what's, your, what's your favorite thing about sports? The energy? What do you what do you like? Well, actually, right now during COVID nineteen has actually brought out the most what I love about sports, and that is like featuring the people within it. Without live sports to watch, um, basically all we have is going back and reminiscing and um, looking at some of the characters, just like they're doing in the Last Dance, and that is my favorite thing. Um, a lot of the sports writing that I have done um, in Eastern Iowa and for um, the Girls Athletic Union in Iowa have been kind of like feature stories. And so that's, yeah, that's for sure my favorite thing is talking about the characters and the cool people. Uh, what about you? For me, I would agree. Yeah, I love learning about the backstories of sort of how the players got to where they are and I just get goosebumps when I watch how the player developed in high school because I think that's where the stars are made. And sometimes even in college, like you saw with Scottie Pippen, I mean, not everyone blossoms early, but when they make it, it's cool to see <clears throat> how they got there. And also, I just love watching uh, – crunch time moments in sports I guess I've been watching a lot of highlights from past playoffs past March Madnesses I just can't get enough of all of that so that keeps me going but have you been following what the NBA has been saying on Twitter and stuff about that yeah so from several sources um one one uh tweet May 12th um, said that the NBA is actually texting its 400-plus players, which not really sure. What do they have, like a database of every player's phone number or something? That's kind of interesting to me. But apparently they're texting them a yes or no question that will be kept confidential, and that is, do you want to try and play again this season? And I guess from my perspective, I would think that the factors that go into that are um, just like the physical shape and access to trainers, um, health because of COVID-19, um, different factors like that. But I also, I mean, I'm pretty sad about this season just because this was, this was supposed to be the Lakers year. Ah, my team, they were supposed to um, have such a great chance this year. And I was like, I don't know, 
my conspiracy, COVID-19. Someone made this because uh, they didn't want the Lakers to have too much power. Must be a Celtics fan somewhere out there. That's funny. I guess, yeah, the Lakers, they were on the rise. We also had the Bucks. We had the Clippers. And Jason Tatum was, you know, taking the Celtics to new heights. And I think that would have been a nice matchup in the East, along with the West, having the Clippers and Lakers down in Los Angeles. I just think the whole season, I'm pissed about it, like you like you said, and it's it's rough that we can't see this kind of develop. But, you know, maybe we can. But I'm just, I don't know. I just don't think it'll be as, like, I don't think it'll be like a normal season because we had all this time off and players might be out of shape and I don't know. It's just kind of taking all the air out of the excitement. Yeah, that that decision should come soon because also on May 12th, uh, Tweets announced that Adam Silver plans to make a decision in two to four weeks. So that that could be in the next two weeks. Uh, and hopefully for the WNBA as well. They haven't released a ton of statements, but on April 3rd, their season – was announced to be delayed indefinitely. They actually um, had the virtual draft, you know, kind of like NFL draft. Um, what are you thinking about the NFL season? I I don't think it's going to happen at this point. I mean, everything's just getting pushed back, pushed back, but I should have more hope in it. I I was really hoping for the Vikings to – do well this season and we got a lot of draft picks I think we got like 17 picks so hopefully few of them pan out I don't know it's interesting because now that the Tom Brady era is over in New England what's gonna happen down in Tampa Bay I don't know we have a a local gopher who was drafted by the Bucks, so he's going to be catching passes for Tom Brady, Tyler Johnson from Minneapolis North, so that's pretty cool, and uh, you could talk a little bit about your Iowa boy. Um, yeah, it's Um My grandma Lauby is uh, pretty partial to Werfs because um, one time she sat down at a basketball game and said she had a very nice conversation with him, but um, yeah, he's he's from my area, lit, um, from Mount Vernon, Eastern Iowa. He's going to be blocking for Tom Brady, so that's really exciting. I remember um, back in high school at the uh, Athlete of the Week banquet watching him throw down some cheesecake, so that was – he's a big boy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Probably ate a lot of cheesecake. What, what, does he, what does he weigh, or what position do you know? Um – I do not know how much he weighs necessarily, but um, he is on the offensive line. So, yeah, just like uh, St. John's <laughs> offensive lineman got drafted as well. That boy is huge. He's three hundred plus, such a beast, and it shows that. Like, like Ruth Sin said, it doesn't really matter where you come from, whether it's D one, D two, D three. You can you can excel at it and he moved to the next level. I mean, fourth round pick for a division three player, kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, then as far as college football, um, they said the August 29th start date is uncertain, according to an ESPN article. But apparently officials are determined to save the season in one way or another. I don't really know what that means. I'm guessing um, no fans because it's, it's too soon after the summer. So I guess I won't get to enjoy um, a packed Kinnick Stadium this year. Yeah, and none of the college kids are going to be able to experience the beloved game days. So sad, sad, sad. Those good rivalries, Hawkeyes, Gophers, Badgers, Gophers, Hawkeyes, and what's the other rivalry for you guys? Uh, there's always a lot of hatred between uh, Hawkeyes and Huskers. Um, yeah. My grandma lives in, my other grandma lives in Western Iowa. I guess I'm just shouting out to my grandmothers right now. But she lives in Western Iowa, and she is probably the biggest Hawkeye fan I know and she lives right on the border by Omaha, so she has to deal with a lot of Husker fans, and that's always an annoyance. <laughs> but um, I, think it's, I think it's funny how some states, I mean, they don't have professional teams, so they're very into their college teams, and I love that. That's so cool to watch. We'll be singing Back in Black, the fight song, and in heaven there is no beer, no matter what, I think hopefully this season. Um, MLB could be starting soon, though, as soon as July. But apparently there's a lot of disputes right now that need to be settled. And um, I would say my favorite award show of the entire year, I don't get too excited for, you know, Oscars or Grammys or anything, but the ESPYs is my favorite award show. And apparently it seems to be still happening on June 21st. So I think that is something for a lot of sports fans to look forward to. There won't be a live event, but I mean, there's still gonna be your classic like Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Um, hopefully some skits to bring some humor into the sports world. Yeah, the ESPYs is a super cool event. And <clears throat> thinking back to when I was in high school or even before that, I think I was in junior high, a kid in my high school was awarded an ESPY award for making a, it was like a game winning shot on his back towards the, towards the three point line. Yeah. The ball came to him and he was laying on his back. He threw it up and it went in. And that's, that's how I know the ESPYs. And ever since then I've been watching them. So that was a pretty cool experience as a kid. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, there, there's hope for sports. Um, I think there's a lot of hope for people in general too right now. And I hope all of our um, listeners out there have a great summer and stay safe. Continue to find the silver linings in sports. So, yeah, I guess that's what we're looking forward to, you know, make the best of what this is, but shout out to all the other Tommy media podcasts that we've produced the medium cold hard facts hot takes check those out so thanks i guess mia and althea for a great semester and shout out to you althea for being our producer and may mcfarland as well for all of her hard work yep and uh just a little plug to anyone who's listening 
to sign up for Tommy Media next semester if you're interested in doing cool things like this for Tommy Media. Um, we have Journalism 151, which is just a one credit internship. And you can email me at mia.laube at St. Thomas. That's stthomas.edu for more information. But other than that, thanks everyone. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Althea. <laughs> Later, skaters. Let me and Joey out. <laughs> mm -hmm.